0: Happy Easter. HCC. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It is a happy day, isn't it? Thank you so much, Abby, Ruth, Dean, Isaac. God bless their family. I'm really excited to see Ruth and, uh, sorry, Abby and Isaac especially. So thank you for your contribution, what you guys have done this afternoon so far. So, as I said, happy Easter. Um, Most important day in history just generally awesome day. I think everyone has actually maybe recognized this more, even outside the church, people that recognize this Easter as being maybe more significant just because of the year that we've had and a day that represents hope and new life. It really seems to resonate this year especially, um, which I found out to my detriment yesterday. I was running around trying to get an Easter egg for my wife Um, And um, I mean, the lady in Morrison's looked at me like I need my head checked because they've been sold out for about a week. So everybody knows this Easter is every Easter special, but perhaps maybe the message of Easter really rings a bell um, even more uh, this year. So um, we're going to be, um, in, in light of Easter, we're going to be uh, ch- changing and switching up from our, our, our regular study in Mark and 1 John. And we're going to be picking up um, just after where Ruth and Abby have just read, um, a little bit later in the, in the resurrection narrative. So if you could turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 21, verses 1 to 14, because that's where we're going to be based today. So I'll give you a little second to find that. I'm going to be reading from the ESV. listen i'm I'm hearing a few less pages russell so i'm going to start so after this jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the sea of tiberias and he revealed himself in this way simon peter thomas called the twin nathaniel of cana in galilee the sons of zebedee and two others of his disciples were together simon peter said to them i am going fishing and they said to him Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them. And so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Amen. So um, I've had a little while to prepare um, for this Sunday and, and what I was going to say. Um, Graham told me a little while ago that I'd be speaking and he and he gave me free range, basically, like to books, just say what you need to say. Um, and so I... I um, I thought, okay, where do I start? Let me, let me, so I, I went through e- each of the Gospels and I read what happened after the crucifixion in each of the Gospels. And this passage stuck out, stood out to me. And, and I'll be honest, I don't <laughs> it's all right to say this. It's, I mean, because to me it seems odd. It's a little bit quirky, basically, as a passage in terms of where it sits and what happens next. So if you, if you, if you are reading it through your Bible, uh, in your Bible, sorry, if you read the last couple of verses of chapter 20, I'll read them quickly for you now. Um so verses 30 and 31 say now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the son of God and that by believing you may have life in his name. So those kind of verses they make you feel like it's a wrap it's done this is John John's gospel case closed finish but then you have this chapter 21 almost like kind of a, an encore that just kind of just flows or a postscript or that appendix. It's just there when it really it almost sounds like the Book of John is finished. Um, and I'm, I'm a Marvel movie fan, yeah. So I, I, I love them, I can't get enough of them basically. Um, and, and really, so if, if you're not a Marvel movie fan, um, when you're in the cinema, I, I sit quite smugly when I look at people that haven't watched Marvel movies before because it gets to the end of the, f- of the film and they stand up and walk out, and I think, bless them, when the credits start rolling. Because I know that actually, if you sit there long enough, there's gonna be a gem, there's gonna be an actual, absolute corker after the film looks like it's finished. And for me, in my simple mind, this is the analogy that I have with John chapter 21. This is the gem that nobody's expecting to see, and there's so much goodness in here that John thinks, even though I've really finished my gospel, you guys really need to know about this. But that's not the only odd thing about this passage, I feel. Um, just like um, uh, Abby and Ruth read um, a few minutes ago, um, this passage happens after these disciples have met the physical Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, um, and actually after they've met him a couple of times. Um, and in the preceding chapter, um, they have met Jesus. They have put uh, Thomas, the doubting Thomas, has put his holes into Jesus' hands um and in the in the preceding verses Jesus says you know, I, I he breathes on them and he tells them receive my spirit um re- receive the holy spirit and go out and forgive sins and so it sounds like um yes it's it's all happening it's good to go and then they 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 go fishing and <laughs> and to me it just seems like the oddest thing you've just seen the resurrected Jesus and you've gone go fishing I mean especially for me like <laughs> Wolverhampton um, in 2021 I, I don't fish so that there may be some divine aspects to the activity of fishing but it, it, it doesn't resonate <laughs> with me so I was reading really, I think they've, they've gone fishing um, and, and you just kind of compare this with the other encounters that the disciples have with the resurrected Jesus or with God generally so if you, you know a couple of ch- the next book along acts um, in Acts chapter 2, they have an encounter with the Holy Spirit, an encounter with God. And the Holy Spirit comes in like a rushing wind. And then what happens after that encounter with God? They they absolutely don't go fishing. They they, 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 s- they step out into the street speaking in tongues and 3,000 people are saved in a day. Wow, yeah? Um, or you can think of other encounters with God. Like So I- again, in, 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 uh, in the book of Acts, you've got Paul on the road to Damascus. Um, and he has an encounter with the resurrected Jesus. Again, he doesn't go fishing. He go, he, he, t- he turns blind. He has a vision of who's going to heal him. And afterwards, he goes out and preaches. So you've got these really what, quite, t- to, to us, amazing, wonderful, awesome, vivid things happening after encounters with Jesus. But then in, in this chapter, in this passage, they go fishing. And so... That, that just strikes me as odd, <laughs> basically. But I, in, 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 instead of in, in saying that, I think we can be really confident that there's nothing wrong with the fact that they've gone fishing after meeting Jesus. Um, we know that from reading the passage, because um, when Jesus meets them, you know, a few verses down, he doesn't say, guys, what are you playing at? Why are you fishing? He helps them fish. He helps them haul the fish in. And, and so I think there is a real message well, that resonates with me in that. And that, for me, the, the fishing, it represents a normal, day-to-day, ordinary life. Um, All the bits that don't make it onto Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat with a beautiful filter. All the bits that we don't <laughs> fear. like that bit basically all of those bits (laughs) Um, all of those bits that that's what fishing represents and i think the challenge for us as christians i think i know graham spoke on this a few weeks ago is that actually um society encourages us to divide our lives up into nice neat little chunks so actually people don't necessarily mind if you are a christian um, but as long as you're doing it for two hours between half two and f- half four, or whatever it is on a Sunday afternoon, but not any other aspects of your life, um, people don't mind if you are f- a follower of Jesus, but not if you bring it into when you're fishing, into your normal day-to-day life, into the hospital when you're nursing, into the school when you are teaching. K- keep it out. <laughs> and for as Christians... I think sometimes we're guilty of buying into this and i think the message one of my most important messages i feel today that i think god's shown me in this passage is that jesus doesn't just want us on easter sunday he doesn't just want us on a sunday he wants every single aspect every single part of our life that mundane, seemi- seemingly boring, unimportant bit of your life that you feel that nobody else wants to know about—that is the bit where Jesus wants to make Himself resident and show Himself, just like He showed Himself to these passage to the, to the disciples in this passage. That is the bit where He wants to show Himself to display His glory in your life. It doesn't have—it's not in the glitz and glamour moments. It's actually in the bits that seemingly are forgettable. Jesus is ready to make them unforgettable. Okay, and I think this is such an important message for us to understand, because I think sometimes we have um, a way of almost pigeonholing and, and and limiting what God is able to do in terms of thinking that actually, when you know, if God is present in my life or I've had an encounter with God, it can only possibly look like this and so, or in this particular way, in that. Maybe if, if I've had my quiet time, or I've come out of the service on Sunday, and I, c- I haven't met with God unless I'm um, I've I i have i do not know I've I've come out speaking in tongues, or I haven't met with God unless I've stepped out onto the car up car park and started, uh, and three thousand people have been saved within that five minutes or whatever, then then I I, c- I couldn't have met with God, and I, I I really don't want anyone to misinterpret me here or misunderstand me here. Sorry, in that. I absolutely believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to make things like stepping out onto the car car park and saving however many bit <laughs> the population of Quadsall. I absolutely believe in that I pray for that for my for this church and for my city but what I do also believe is that God is capable in working in so many ways not just that way for us to influence our community and our city in which we live um, and, and I think that we we, we need to actually look at scripture and understand that the holy spirit and god uses his holy spirit to equip his people in so many ways in so many ways that seem are seemingly ordinary or unexpected if you look at the old testament you've got the whole god putting placing his spirit on people for uh, and equipping them with skills for carpentry with skills for um, metalwork, with skills for prophecy, with skills for battle, so let's let's not narrow what God is capable of, and, and the ways that He can uh, that He can use the skills that we have and the positions that we're in to be able to um, establish His kingdom and bring Himself glory. Um, and in a similar way, I mean, because sometimes we can exclude ourselves and say, you know, actually, um, you know, God. God using um, God uses people that are, are loud or people that are um, or, or people that are bouncy and exciting, but actually in this passage alone we can see that God uses different personalities to glorify Him. You've got you've got Peter and John, um, and, and you can almost imagine it, can't you? Really, or, uh, in the middle midway through the passage when they realise that it's Jesus, and and, and John is kind of sat there and he's like it is the Lord and then but then you've got he looks up and he's got Peter like jumping overboard into the water you can not have too much too too further different reactions to that re- revelation that it is Jesus and even within the passage itself you've got um, Peter and John who we're familiar with who are famous and but then also you've got in the opening verses where John's listing the people that are on the boat and that have gone fishing. He's written everybody's name, but he's just written two other disciples, just other, other, other people <laughs> almost, which I just find so funny because John was on the boat. Surely he knows his mates that are on the boat. But anyway, <laughs> but he's written two other disciples. And I mean, I think the lesson here is that you can be um, reflective and calm like John. You can be bold and assertive like Peter. You can be famous and popular. You can be completely forgotten and just the other disciples. God is able to use you. So let's stop self-excluding ourselves on the basis of our personalities or the basis of our set of, sk- of our skill set, because God is able to bring Himself glory through every, each and every single one of us. And I mean, and I think the most exciting. I, I, I love this church. I love what God is doing with this church. I think it's unbelievable that really, we guys, we've not even been here for a year, <laughs> okay? And, and the things that we, the testimonies that we are able to point to already are, are awesome. And I, I don't see how we can look ahead into the year and be anything but exciting. I don't see how I can look out at you guys and be anything but excited at the unique ways in which God is able to use each and every single one of us. Um, and so, I just feel that God wants us to recognise and see that that He is able to bring Himself glory through us. And one Corinthians seven seventeen says, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down to the churches. God is ready to use us in the situations that we are in, not just on a Sunday, in our occupations, in our day to day fishing. It wi- right where we're fishing, that's where Jesus is able to use us. Praise God, He wants to use us in a uh, normal, normal, seemingly boring uh, lives to bring Him glory and to bring people to a knowledge of Him. And so, as I've said, let's stop. Let's stop excluding ourselves. Let's stop putting ourselves out of the uh, out of what God is doing for whatever reason. Um, you know, let's not think, oh, I'm going to leave it to I'm going to leave it to Graham. Because you know he's got a nice hat and a lovely beard. <laughs> I'm going to leave it to Pete because he's got cool trainers. Let, let's actually think. You know, uh, we we are all part of God's story, and 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 bringing and, and, and delivering that. You know, the promise that has been given to us two thousand years ago that we're celebrating today. Um, we thank God that we're part of that story. Um, and and let's let's think carefully about actually. You know what? Um, I can serve God where I am in so many different ways. It doesn't have to be necessarily stood up here at the front. It might just be actually calling a friend and taking them for a coffee and ministering to the gospel in that way. It might just be, I don't know, at work, hanging on at the end of a Zoom call to speak with a colleague and see, actually, how are you doing? You know, normally we'd have a chat on the water, cooler or whatever else it might be, but actually, how how are you doing? Each one of those, each of those ways are are just as capable of um, bringing glory to God Uh, and just as capable of being equally inspired by God. Um, I'm just going to turn this back to to verse 3 just for our our next point where Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go out with you they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. And just to focus on that verse, um, as much as I've dwelt on the value of skills, um, I want to be equally clear that the talents um, and abilities that we have of our own by themselves are not enough. You know, Peter and the disciples, they were skilled fishermen. You know? It was their career. You know, It's all they had known. That was where Jesus had found them three years previously. That is what they knew. They knew exactly what to do. Know, Peter didn't get out and say, I'm gonna go fishing, go by himself. He got his crew together with those experienced fish with with other experienced uh, fishermen. They went out at exactly the right time. They went out at night. That was when that's when they knew the good fish are gonna be there to collect. They did everything right, but then still it went wrong. Um and you can just I know I've said like sometimes it can be hard looking at this and thinking, oh, we 2021 20, in Codsall and And putting ourselves into those kind of situations, but you can imagine the frustration, can't you, when you've been out all night long um fishing and got nothing and so if you just imagine for a moment that you're Peter and you've come to the end of your night fishing, you've caught nothing, you've done everything exactly as it should be done, and then you've got some somebody shows up at the shore of the uh, at the shore of the beach. And I think it's really important for us to remember uh, the disciples don't know that this is Jesus at this stage that is showing up at the shore of the beach, and so if someone shows up at the shore of the beach and goes, "Lads, have you caught anything?" Just let's just take a moment and just think what how would we have responded? <laughs> and I know how I'd have responded. I'd have probably said something like, "What does it look like, mate? <laughs> There's an empty net." <laughs> Before repeating some maybe not polite words to say on a Sunday afternoon, and telling the strangers to go away <laughs> in, in a probably less polite way than that. Um, but and but thank God this isn't what Peter does. Um, they he is not afraid to try something different, as experienced and as clever. As he is out fishing, he isn't afraid to try something different before later realizing that it was Jesus. And I think as smart as we can be, as clever as we can be, as brilliant as we can be in our fields, uh, in our family, in our occupation, we need to remain open to advice and doing things differently because there was no reason at all for the disciples to think that putting the net on the other side of the boat would have led to a different outcome, especially when they don't know that this was Jesus. But it wasn't until after they have put the net on the other side of the boat that they realized that it was Jesus and that actually the Lord's hand was in it all along. Um, And I think if we think and reflect on this, we can see that as as talented as we might be, we need God's grace for every single moment of every single day. Um, as skilled and as, as brilliant as we might be, we need Jesus in the background. You know, um, Even when we can't see him, even when we can't recognize him on the beach quite yet, we need him directing every action and activity of our day. He, he's the one that guides the steps and guides the direction of our lives as Christians. Um, And if you don't know (laughs) this, I I really, really pray that you do, because there isn't a greater comfort for all the twists and turns in life than knowing that Jesus is in the background, um, even when we can't see him um, directing our steps. And so I think for us, we, we, ca- we can't be afraid to step outside of the box sometimes and do something that feels uncomfortable. And you might think, I've been doing this for years. I've been do- this is the way that it works. And you sometimes feel like you're hitting your head against a brick wall. Don't be afraid to do it differently because sometimes that's when we learn that um, Jesus was there all along. So um, let's listen carefully follow scripture, listen carefully for his voice um, place our trust in him if we skip a little bit later down into the passage in verse 9, we see as I say, a bit more of that comfort and why we should place our trust in him um, it says when they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread Um so they've been they've been fishing um and they've been working hard trying to get their next dinner trying to get their breakfast and actually they get to the land they find Jesus and the food's already there um and this on Easter th- wh- what is the message of Easter you know um it, it undoubtedly today is a day where we celebrate God's love for us but for us to appreciate that love, we can't we, c- we can't do so without realizing that actually we don't deserve that love. Um, in terms of a mathematical way, um, he um, gives us what he, he gives us far and above what we deserve. Um, and like just like the disciples in this passage, who show up to Jesus with. Um, empty empty nets, nothing, empty bellies. They're hungry, they're tired, they've got nothing. But they meet Jesus on the shore with breakfast. And I think we just need to see that Jesus doesn't need us, we need him. And he is able to provide. Um, and there is so much comfort in that, as I said, that especially with the year that we've all had Um, and i know know, personally and just generally a lot of us like disciples are hungry we are tired this last year has felt like a very long long night fishing where we've been grinding away we've been doing everything by the book and we've come up with nothing and I think the strongest thing that I can say, the most comforting thing that I can say today is that Jesus has our breakfast. He sat on the shore with our breakfast and there is no greater warmth that we can know <laughs> to, um, that than that fact that 2,000 years ago, Jesus delivered on his promise. He delivered on what was foretold in scriptures so that we can know and be assured that in this life and the next, that everything that we need is provided for. Um, And we can be confident that as hungry as we might be, as tired as we might be, Jesus is there for us. Um, John chapter 6, verse 35 and 39. I'd love to read the whole passage, but I'm just going to pick out a couple of verses just to labor this point. And that chapter verse 35, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Verse 39 says, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. And if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you can be confident that the same way, that these disciples' hunger was filled. Um, Jesus assures us he's going to fill that hunger. Tho- those needs, those things that are tearing away at us that have made this year feel like a difficult and long night, rest assured, Jesus will not let you go. He will not. That's what verse 39 says. He shall lose none of all those here that have been given to him. Um, I don't know about you. But that is the most comforting fact for <laughs> that I can have from day to day for the struggles that we face. And so, if you d- if you don't know that, as I say, I, I, I pray for you to know that that fact in in a, in a in a way in which it's written down in this book, but more so in an experiential way. I pray for the Holy Spirit to inspire you and to make you see these words are more than just words. They are a promise, an eternal promise that we are celebrating today. Um, Church, have comfort in that. Um, Just as as I finish, we're just going to focus on verse 12. Um, Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. I just find it so interesting that the disciples even feel tempted to ask the question, who are you? Um, there are three examples in, in, in um, following Jesus' resurrection where the disciples seemingly, to begin <laughs> with, seem to struggle recognizing that Je- the resurrected Jesus is Jesus, which always seems strange, doesn't it? They've spent three years with him, um, at least, um, but... They, they seem to struggle. So you've got the, the um, disciples on the road to Emmaus um, in, in Luke twenty-four. You've got Mary Magdalene in uh, a little bit earlier on in, in the Gospel of John, and you've got this example here. Um, and the implication from this verse to me is that there's something about the physical appearance of Jesus, so the resurrected Jesus, that is a little bit different to how he was before, because, like I said, they they know Jesus. They spent every day with him. They they wouldn't be sitting there tempted to ask. who who are you for any other reason for any other reason so it's like almost like what they could see or what they could smell their senses were not quite enough for them to be able to tell that this was jesus in terms of the resurrected jesus anymore and so the question arises for us in terms is that how have they come to recognize that this is the resurrected jesus eventually then if there is something different about how he appears um, and so one of the first things that comes to mind is like is it, is it their memory maybe because um, earlier on in the gospels there's no uh, we, we, we see uh, a remarkably similar story um, uh, in, in Luke chapter 5 where at this very same lake um, when Jesus first calls Peter and John to be his disciples and calls them to be fishers of men and um, Essentially, does almost the same miracle, you know, in terms of they've they've got an uh, they've got an empty net, and he um, after fishing overnight, um, and he come out through his direction, they get a miraculous haul of fish. So, is it that actually the disciples have have looked at this miracle and thought, actually, I've 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 seen this one before, I've heard this one before, this must be Jesus. I'm sure I'm sure that was part of it. I don't think that tells the whole story about how they recognize that this was Jesus and and the reason why I say that is because there are we know that they've met the resurrected Jesus on a couple of occasions beforehand um, and they've been able to tell through other ways that you can't really tie to previous experiences or um, previous miracles that Jesus has done and I think that they've almost to me seem to have Recognize as Jesus, recognized him as Jesus intuitively. Um, you can see in John's response, it is the Lord. There's something that kind of resonates a little bit deeper than just a memory or remembering uh, being at the lake before. And I think the parallel for us today is recognizing that believing in the risen Jesus Christ this Easter Sunday is going to take more than just locking in with our senses. Um, there is, the, the resurrection is the, the most supernatural, <laughs> the greatest supernatural event there could ever be. Um, it is ultimately supernatural, though, yeah? There is evidence, and I can point you towards evidence. Um, we are so blessed to have Graham in this church leading us and teaching us. Um, we if you lo- I don't know if anyone anyway, if you looked at the website but on the website there is some of Graham's apologetic stuff um, on specifically around the resurrection and I'll, I'll point you towards that because there is lots of evidence for <laughs> the resurrection um, there the, the, the very fact that you know wish or stop to you know 500 eyewitnesses to the resurrection and um, the fact that people died for it. It's a bit of an odd thing for people to die for something that uh, isn't true or that they made up. And um, the fact that, you know, it's written in all of the gospels that the first witnesses were women, which isn't, you know, which a couple of thousand years ago uh, didn't wouldn't have really counted for much and much, much more. So if if it is a matter of evidence and looking at the evidence, then what why I, I, I wouldn't need to be here today to be honest or standing here today that, that there is there is something that is required which is much more in order to be able to know Jesus um, and I think that we need to, r- that, 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 G- that knowing Jesus comes from more than just making a, a survey uh, <laughs> surveying the evidence and reading through it uh, and weighing it up at some point or another, we have to take a step of faith. Um, and I, th- I, f- I feel that what has helped these disciples, what the, what the, how the disciples have recognized the resurrected Jesus, is that faith. That faith that Jesus alone gives. That faith that makes a difference from day to day. And it's the same faith that we need to use and, uh, and ask God for, in order to get for us to be able to recognize Jesus in our day to day lives. Um, a faith for us as christians that is based on his word on his promises that is based on what he has done for us um, and when we when we when we read his word and get to know jesus that builds our faith because the more that because faith is faith faith is not setting aside logic it is not setting aside reason it is it is reasoning based from who god is and who he says he is it is an entirely logical conclusion based on who he has said he is based on the events of two thousand years ago that we celebrate today and that i think for us that is something that we need to grasp and that is something that we need to pray to god for more of more knowledge of who he is so that we can make more sensible and wise conclusions and actions based on a true and thorough knowledge of who he is. Um, just like at the beginning of this passage, um, the first verse is, Jesus showed himself in this way. You know, it wasn't that you know, um, uh, the disciples kind of stu- stu- studied and, <laughs> and dug away and eventually they found the resurrected Jesus. Jesus revealed and showed himself in this way. And this is the message again and again, in that Jesus reveals himself. And that's what we celebrate in that 2,000 years ago, Jesus came down. And not over that, Jesus gave himself. When we, were, when we were still in our sins, is what Paul says. When we were ungodly, that is when, just at just the right time, that is when Jesus Christ came. So it's not down to us and us methodically figuring out um, our way to salvation. It is his revelation, and our faith based on that. And I think we need to understand that, that Jesus, Jesus wants to be with us today, not just today, every single day. Not just on East, not just that Easter, not just on a Sunday, in every single part of our life, and He is able to use the small parts, the large parts. Um, the the seemingly insignificant parts to reveal himself to show himself um and i I can't think of a a greater honor for for a christian than to know that we are involved in that story in that effort of uh, in 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 this wonderfully woven story from creation until now and beyond where uh, where jesus and god are displaying their glory through us um, and I think he, he is calling us, he is showing himself to us today for us to have a greater faith and a greater understanding of who he is and I just want to ask you do, 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 do you trust him do you have that faith, he showed himself the evidence is there um, we're celebrating it today do you place your trust in him he's standing on the beach he has breakfast he has everything he did everything (laughs) for you to be brought close to him do you trust him will you place your faith in him today Um, i just want to finish in prayer lord jesus we thank you for who you are we thank you for who you have revealed yourself to be we thank you because when we are When we are lost, when we are tired, when we are hungry, you are showing yourself to us. You are providing to us. Lord Jesus, I want to pray in particular today for those of you, for those that are listening to this message and don't know you. Lord God, I pray that in the same way that that you showed yourself to these disciples when they weren't even looking for you, Lord Jesus, show yourself to those that are in this room, those that are at home listening to a stream. Show yourself to them today. Lord Jesus, engender a faith in them. Give a knowledge of of who you truly are today to those that don't know you. And for those of us that do know you, Lord God, I pray that you will help us to... have a greater knowledge a knowledge that is not based on what we see on what we feel on our emotions but a knowledge that is based in true faith and belief in you at all times we give you glory and we give you praise amen